You got to give me permission. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a nightmare. <laughs> we'll cut this. Got, you, or we can keep it. It's pretty authentic. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I right. feel like. Man, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. You're in. There we go, people. <laughs> Anyone who's listened this far into the show knows knows what they're dealing with. and welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get That Job, the show where two not-so-interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it. Joining us today is Max Brown, the number one pro-style high school quarterback recruit in the class of 2013, outranking the likes of Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and Mitchell Trubisky. He then went on to play quarterback at USC and Pitt. After college, Max worked as broadcast assistant for the Pac-12 Network before moving on to be a channel manager for Team Gary Vee. Today, Max spends his as the social media and content manager for Lewis House. And when he's not in the office, you can hear him as the voice of USC football on KABC 790 or the co-host of Pac-12 Today on Sirius XM. Max, welcome to the show. And how the fuck did you get that job? <laughs> what up, guys? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. How the, how the fuck did I get that job? There's, uh, you listed out a few of them, so it's kind of all over the place. But uh, I know. I know. We have, which, which, which one do you want to start with? Start, start with <laughs> the beginning. Like... Start with what, what was Max Brown like in high school? Max Brown in high school was a lot like Max Brown as a 25 year old. I always, <laughs> I always uh, find it funny when people are like uh, I'm drastically different than where I was in high school because to me I can't really necessarily relate to that. I mean, obviously you grow and you get new uh, new per, new experiences and whatnot. But I hope that uh, and I've got this comment a couple of times like when I go back home, Seattle's home for me. I'll go back home and uh, I've had a lot of experiences, a lot of uh, moving around the past. I mean, really six, seven years since I left high school, but I'm, I'm pretty much the same dude. I don't know. Chill, uh, hard working, love, love, love working. And then just hanging out with people, uh, love my friends and, and whatnot. And correct me if I'm wrong. Cause we have a very, you know, we have an extensive research department, but, uh, <laughs> you got your first offer when you were 15 from Steve Sarkeesian. I did. It was uh, like the week after my freshman year of high school ended, uh, which was crazy. Like I hadn't had a, I hadn't had a uh, letter at all up until that point. And then we had like a seven on seven camp. We did well. I went to a big time high school uh, football program up in the state of Washington. We did well. And uh, yeah, he gave me an offer and, and that was that. So it was crazy. What, what was that like, like at 15? Cause like at 15, like I would like be 15 feet away from like a trash can and like <laughs> sink an apple in it. And I would get a huge head. Like, how, how are you coping with that at 15? Yeah, I think whenever people ask me that question, I always, I mean, I have two great parents that were always kind of the mentality of like, leave the ego at the door. Like there's no place for ego uh, wherever. And I don't know, I've always been an observant dude. And I, and I went to, like I said, I went to big time high school. There was like five-star kids before me. And I always kind of observed like, hey, when that guy does that, people don't really like him for that. And then vice versa, when like, he's a good dude, people like him. So why don't I just always be kind of to do my best to be a good dude. And I've always just kind of like followed that lane because uh, in high school, when I was on top of the world, it was, it was dope because people are rooting for you and whatnot. And then fast forward like four or five years into college when I'm not on the top of the world, then people uh, are there to kind of help you. And so I don't know, parents. And uh, it was always something that was just kind of my wiring and, uh, just kind of observing like, Hey, I'm, I want people to like me. That's the main goal. So, uh, maybe I probably shouldn't be a dick and, uh, just be, try to be a good dude. Love that answer. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good life lesson. Yeah. So moving on, like, so you, you, you touched on it a little bit, but like you, you get into, you get, I guess, take us through, I like you're, you deciding on colleges. Cause I it always like, it's always like an interesting, like, 
motivates people to go in. Like we had Blake Lawrence on yesterday and he had offers to go play linebacker at a couple different schools. But he was, he knew he was very entrepreneurial. So like he was looking at what was going to help him from that side. What, what was like factoring? Yeah. My mindset was, I mean, I had the mindset that I was going to be three years and done uh, straight to the NFL. Uh, but I always had the perspective to say, Hey, like there is a lane where football doesn't work out. And so kind of what is, what kind of life do you want after that? And, uh, at the time, USC was the number one team in the country. That's Matt Barkley. That's Robert Woods. Like, that's when I was a recruit. Uh, I was a West Coast kid. Like, my first video game ever is NCAA football 2004. I remember playing with Matt, uh, Matt Liner, and, like, that was the squad. So even, even though I wasn't, like, waving the SC flag in front of my house on Saturdays growing up, I, like, was a fan from afar. So the idea of uh, going there was awesome. I remember my high school coach basically like February of my junior high school basically came up to me and said, uh, so like, what's the deal with recruiting? Where are we at? Are there any other offers you want? And I basically was like, well, SC would be awesome. And like, that was it. I had all the other offers I wanted. And so uh, just to call it straight, I literally had my pick of the litter was kind of like where you wanted to go. And uh, at that time with SC being, SC being the top school, kind of being on the West coast, being a fan, uh, it felt like the easy decision. And I've always been, aware of the value of kind of education i'm not like a nerd or anything but i was just kind of like hey if, uh, if things don't work it would be nice to have that and obviously i'm utilizing that today and living in la so definitely uh took advantage of that part of the decision what, what was that feeling like stepping onto campus uh being on the football team at usc I always uh, kind of give myself shit in that regard. I think most people, my first few years, had no idea I played football. My roommate or one of my friends was like volleyball. I would get, uh, I get baseball every once in a while, and like that was the beauty and the curse of kind of going to a school that's in LA. Is there's a lot of stuff going on. It's not like going to Alabama where you, if you're the quarterback, you can't sit down at a restaurant. SC is not like that. It was a lot of people kind of. I mean, it's like chill vibes, I guess you could say. So there wasn't as much of that, but uh, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, being able to like wear the student athlete backpack and, and know like, I mean, you're a student athlete, football player, quarterback at USC. It was dope. But uh, I don't think it's like, I have friends. I went to Michigan, Alabama, Florida, schools like that. It doesn't compare to the, uh, I guess, star attention, um, at least and in, in, I mean, when Matt Leinart was there, mid two thousands, I'm sure it was. But when we were there, sanctions and not winning the games, like SC fans want, it uh, it wasn't the the fan affair uh, like like some people might think. And during this time, like, were you like, was there anything about broadcasting that caught your eye, or like, did that come around way later? Like, was it like going coming through high school or college? I just want to make sure we didn't miss like when that kind of came in your life. Yeah, no, you guys will like this. So I was a backup, obviously, uh, for most of my time at SC. And uh, I mean, like, like I said, I always thought I was going to be an NFL quarterback. And hey, I'll, I'll be a quarterback in the NFL for 20 years. And then I'll worry about uh, life after that then. Uh, but then when I was a backup on Fridays, when we have practice, uh, backup quarterbacks, they don't get any reps. And so for every drill that the starter was doing at the time, it was Cody Kessler. I was just kind of sitting and, and standing there and uh, I don't know how it started, but weirdly, when we would go through two-minute drills on Friday, uh, I just started, like, announcing it. And it was me and uh, our uh, QC, uh, Scott Thompson, and we were, like, jokingly uh, – I would do play-by-play. -play. I'm trying to do color, commentator, uh, color commentary now, but I would do play-by-play. -play. He would do color, and we would just, like, announce the two-minute drill, just kind of shooting the shit on the sideline. And then it started as just kind of us two laughing to ourselves. And then, there'd be, there, then like, a half-dozen guys would kind of uh, circle around and – it was nothing anything serious. Uh, and then I did something similar at Pitt when I was a senior of like when the, the rookies, as we call them, would play. 
they'd like get me on the mic. We had a whole like uh, sound system thing. I'm like, I would announce that. And so that was kind of the blueprint of me saying, Hey, whenever football ends, it'd be fun to at least try my hand at that. And then I got into YouTube videos and whatnot, but uh, I always knew, Hey, like no matter what happens to football, I want football to be a part of my life when I'm done playing. And most guys either kind of go the coaching route or the media route. And uh, the coaching lifestyle is too gnarly for me. I don't know those how, how those guys do it year in year out for 30, 40 years is beyond me. And so I, I went the media route, and that's kind of the backstory of what initially dropped like the seed in my head, and then I've kind of run with it ever since. Yeah, we had we had Kenny Bell on the podcast, Nebraska wide out, and he was saying the same exact thing. He originally was like, oh, "I'll just be a coach, like if the NFL doesn't work out," and then he saw like kind of what was going in behind it, and he's like, "Ah, yeah, I love football, but but that's not for me." Um, it, it's gnarly here. I'll jump in right there. It's not, it's even gotten even worse the past since I left past like two years with the double uh, signing period. It makes recruit recruiting's always been a bear, but to have basically two signing periods now, like those coaches, their entire summer, like, I don't know how those guys, it's gnarly. And everyone always says they're making all this money, but to me, they have no time to spend it. They get like a week off a year, maybe, uh, but teach his own. They're living in nice houses. They, uh, they live a good life. Can you go into the double signing period a little bit for people who like aren't really familiar with it? Yeah. So when I, uh, when I was a recruit, signing day was my birthday. Uh, oddly enough, February 2nd, it's usually like the first, it's like the first Wednesday in February or something like that. Uh, but now, so basically what happened since the internet happened, it was, it's been easy. It's been easier to recruit guys. So guys have made decisions earlier and earlier. I committed my junior year of high school that's kind of normal now for guys. Quarterbacks are even faster. And so the, NCAA, the NCAA's original idea was to be more um, advantageous for that. They're just, like, they, they bumped up a signing period to now there's December and February um, to try to give more clarity to guys committing, to try to prevent guys from decommitting at the last second and kind of having it be a shit show, for lack of a better term, for all these schools. So that was their way to combat it. Uh, they've been successful in the regard in the regard of – signing day February 2nd isn't as chaotic there's not as many decommitments but basically everything's just kind of been bumped up and it puts more pressure on the coaches to recruit year-round and uh, overall I think the consensus is not uh, not been the best course of action for sure we appreciate the context uh yeah I want to get back in into your story and your you talked about transferring to Pitt like when during that time, was it during that season or like when did it kind of, when did you start planning for like the contingency if the 20 year NFL career doesn't pan out? Like what, I guess, was it all at once or was that a gradual realization? I think it's definitely gradual. I don't think there was a day where I was like, oh wow, now I need to start like waking up to the fact that football might not work out. I think I've, like, like I said, in one of your earlier questions, I've always been wired in that way. Like I was a, I actually was a better college student than I was high school, but I've always kind of been wired of like, Hey, there's a world outside of football. And that, that's not to say I didn't like football. I mean, I was a, fo- I'm still am, but I, when I was playing, I was a football like junkie through and through, but I still always kind of invested in other aspects of my life. So I think it was a gradual process. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think, it, I think even since I was in like middle school or high school, I just always kind of been wary of life outside of it. And so when that does happen, say, uh, my, I ripped up my shoulder like August 13th of two, uh, 2017. So when August 14th happens, it's not like, oh, I'm starting now. No, I've been laying the groundwork for a decade before that. And I think that's what I try to preach to guys now is it's, uh, yeah, laying the groundwork while you're in it. So then when uh, you're out of it, it's easier to make that transition. 
It's come up a lot, like just the transition, whether you're an athlete or not, the transition from college to into your first career can sometimes be, for some people, it's really easy. And for some people, that's a really hard time. What was that like for you? Yeah, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think a lot of guys have a hard time with it because they have no idea what to do. And then as a result, they just kind of, I don't know, they just, they, they don't take any course of action. And uh, as, uh, as I'm sure you guys are, I was a big Gary Vee fan. And that his biggest thing is like, or not, he has many big things, but one of his big things is go out and taste a bunch of things. Go out and taste, like go out and work for the guy that you, uh, you want to have his life or you model or you like what he's got going on. And for me, that was Gary. I remember the fall of 2018, I would listen to his YouTube videos every morning. I was like, this guy gets it, man. This guy's perspective, this guy's drive, this guy's um, mentality he gets. I was like, hey, I'd love to go work for that guy. And I uh, had some people in my network. And so I was able to make that happen. But at that point, sure, I had all these college degrees, but I still had no idea what I wanted to do. But it was like, hey, I got to go do something. Let me go and let me go have an experience working for a guy that's a leader in the industry. Go out and live in New York. I mean, I'm a, I'm a West Coast guy, but that that experience was awesome. And so that transition was easy in the regard, in the sense of I, I wasn't just kind of sitting around. But it was hard. Anytime you're you're turning the page on like my my goal since I was five years old was to be an NFL quarterback. So anytime you're turning that page, that's tough. And I still. Uh, I wouldn't say I battle with that now, but like I always tell people, like my dream was NFL quarterback. I'm not necessarily living my dream, uh, but I'm making making the most of kind of the the hand I was dealt. I guess you could say. And then what did what did you learn uh, from working on Gary's team? Um, just going in and being like kind of working on Team Gary. Yeah, I think big picture, like life wise, uh, just making the most of kind of every second you have. I think that's one thing that uh, Gary's team does awesome is like they're hustling. And it's not like this foo foo, um, cold, like everyone's just in a cubicle, head down, just grinding to the bone. No, it's a fun environment, but people are getting stuff done. I think that's something that I've uh, tried to take with me for like for sure in terms of my current job is like the idea of efficiency. So you have a task, like, how can you get this done? Uh, how can I get from A to Z and, and click post, like in social media? And so I think all those lessons, and to me, it was uh, it was my first business job. So a lot of the just basic, how to, how to communicate, how to manage a, a team, or like observing how to manage a team, how to onboard new uh, team members, all, the, all that type of stuff, I had never been exposed to. I'd been exposed to it in athletic sense, but not a business sense. And um, I ran a lot of paid media to get even more nitty gritty. I ran a lot of paid media for Gary. And so that whole Facebook ads world, world, I feel like I'm very well versed in it now. And I knew nothing about it going into it. So that's a super valuable skill. And, uh, I carry with me, but, uh, I think big, big picture, it was just my first real world job experience and all like the nuances you learn, uh, just what that was, uh, was invaluable. For sure. And, and when did you realize like, because you're someone who, if you if anyone follows you, you are very Instagram savvy. Uh, I will say, like, when did you realize like the your personal brand was worth investing into? Um, was it in high school? Was it when it, at USC? Uh, I think it switched big time when I started working for Gary, um, and I was like, hey, we're talking about this relatively random dude who owned, like started a, a, a wine store in New Jersey now has whatever it is, probably 20 million followers across all platforms or whatever it is, whatever his number is now, it's probably, probably more than that. Like, all right, so what did he do? Like what, he's making an impact in the world. He's living the life he wants to live. Like, how did he do that? And so I think 
the idea of like building a personal brand that was front and center for me, but I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. My mindset with social media when I was playing was kind of, Hey, I'm going to work in the shadows. I'm going to work in the dark. And then when this success happens, then everyone's going to pull out the archive stories of like, Hey, he was doing this, doing that. And like, I'll work in the shadows and then people will see all I've done. But then as a result, when, not, when nothing ended up happening for me athletically, then I had nothing to show for it. I had no story. I wasn't documenting a journey. It was a wasted opportunity. And so when I got out of football, I was kind of like, hey, that was, that was kind of silly. I'm going to train my, my – or I'm going to switch my thought process to like, hey, I'm going to document the journey of like what I'm thinking, what I'm going through, these experiences and whatnot. So then five years down the road, I can scroll my feed and be like, hey, that was a cool journey we were on. That was something I missed out on a lot uh, in my playing days because I was like, ah. I'm not going to do the social media thing. That's for like flexing. That's, that's, that's uh, guys that are uh, into what they look like and all that. That's not me, but I, I, I've switched, switched the script because uh, like if I didn't post on social media, I wouldn't have podcast opportunities like this one or uh, calls with people. It's, it's such an invaluable tool and I've tried to lean into it uh, as much as I can really in the past 18 months or so. That's awesome. And we, we're, we're going to need to get you on uh, our paid ads because we have yet to get one approved by Zuckerberg. Um, but aside from that, uh, you may like, you talked about you going to a new job a month ago. Like that's not like, it's not just a new job. It was like moving across the country. What went into that decision? Like what, like take us through your mindset with that. Yeah. So I moved out to New York, uh, February of 2018 and, I genuinely thought I was going to be there for a, a chunk of time. Uh, I was, it was a weird time in my life. Like we talked about, I was turning the page on football. I kind of was not really sure where, what direction I was heading down. Bro I hadn't really got serious legs with broadcasting at that point either. That only really started in the past year or so. Uh, but uh, basically I got to the point where last fall I had a, a good foundation for broadcasting and a lot of my gigs were back on the West coast. Uh, I have a serious girlfriend of like four years. She was back on the West coast. Uh, I loved my Vayner work, but uh, I don't know. It just kind of reached a point where I was like, all right, it feels like I need to turn the page again, uh, get back to LA, get back closer to friends and family. And um, I think one of the healthiest things I could have done was move out to New York because it did allow me mentally to kind of turn the page and uh, kind of find out what my next path is. So I'm so glad I did that. But kind of all those things came to a head in December and uh, it just felt like time to, time to move on. And I moved back to LA uh, with no job. And so that happened. Uh, I was kind of figuring out jobs in January and February. And then luckily I got one right before uh, all this COVID stuff happened. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful for that. And how did you like, how did you land the Lewis Howes job? Yeah. So my girlfriend uh, took a pod class, podcast class at USC and Lewis was a guest lecturer, I guess you could say. And then um, my girlfriend, uh, is big on Instagram as well, kind of building her personal brand there. And so her and Lewis have stayed in contact over the past couple of years. And then long story short, uh, they, they were talking that, Hey, Lewis needed, uh, Lewis had worked with a bunch of agencies in the past, kind of outsourced a lot of his work, but he wanted to build what Gary has. So Gary has a 25, 30 person social team. Uh, Lewis was starting from kind of square one and needed someone to kind of run that and, uh, manage his his team of part-time designers and videographers and coming from Gary, I was uh, a good candidate, knew Victoria, met Lewis at one of his events and kind of uh, one thing led to another and it worked out. What, what's the last month been like with that? It's been, it's been weird. Kind of, I mean, I, I joined a new team. I was there for a week and then now I've like, haven't seen him at all. I've seen him on, 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 on zoom and whatnot. 
but it's just, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of kind of being an athlete, I guess. That's the beauty of my last like four or five years. There's a lot of like uncertainty, a lot of moving around, a lot of being flexible, adjusting. I had a bunch of coaches in college, all that kind of stuff. So it gets used to kind of different, I've been, I've gotten used to different leadership styles and whatnot. So in terms of onboarding, it hasn't been that tough. And uh, as you guys know, Gary is kind of the, he, he set the standard in social media in, in terms of building out teams and uh, how that process works. And so uh, basically it was kind of transitioning a lot. What I learned at Vayner working for team Gary to try to implement that into Lewis's uh, channels and lanes and processes. And uh, it's been, it's, it's been awesome. I think uh, like, like, like I opened up with this, I'm just thankful to have a job and uh, it's been fun fun building them. We're really cooking on LinkedIn right now and some other social platforms. So it's been awesome. For sure. And, and how do you, I know we spoke about it earlier with the broadcasting, like how do you land these gigs at Sirius XM? Uh, you'll love this. You know, uh, you, you guys know Kevin Belby. I know David does, I'm, right? I'm, I'm familiar with Kevin. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is, this is a super cool story. So basically like this time last year, I was, uh, or I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. So 2018, when I was like rehabbing my shoulder, trying to give one last go for the NFL, I was making YouTube videos in my uh, kitchen, just uh, trying to get my voice out there, trying to have some tangible thing where I could then go to agents or uh, producers down the road and say, hey, I know I, I don't have any uh, professional experience, but hey, I've been making these YouTube videos, check them out. And uh, basically that's exactly what happened. So I was calling around a bunch of people saying, hey, can you connect me with this person or do you have any advice? Just kind of warm intros to anyone that uh, I knew in the broadcasting lane. And then sure enough, I played in a 6 a.m. basketball game uh, in like 14th and uh, third or 14th and second street or whatever, uh, pick up basketball game. A bunch of Vayner guys are there and uh, I played with this random guy at the time and uh, it was dope, whatever. And I got on a call with uh, one of the Georgia tech ACC announcers and he says, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm represented by the Montag group. Uh, you should check them out. And so I Google search and then sure enough, the, their banner photo had the guy that I was playing AM basketball with earlier that day. Uh, it was and it was Kevin Belby and I was like, no shit. And so I shot him an email and said, Hey, this is super random. Uh, and I wasn't sure I was going to see him again. Cause there's a bunch of guys coming in and out. And so I shot him an email and said, uh, Hey, I don't know if you remember me or I was like, no, we, uh, we played basketball this morning. This is uh, super weird, but I, I have like a YouTube highlight or a uh, broadcasting reel uh, I'd love for you to check it out. I just talked with one of your other clients. Uh, I'm trying to get representation, trying to break my way into this industry. Long story short, he watched the reel. He liked it. Uh, we had like a coffee. I met his higher up. They liked me. And then uh, long story short, we kind of uh, signed a deal for them to represent me. That got me uh, my foot in the door at SiriusXM, which was awesome. So from there, their offices are also in New York. So that was an opportunity that may not have happened if I wasn't living in New York. But they gave me, uh, I subbed in for a segment show one time on Pac-12 Network uh, and it did well. They liked me. And now I'm kind of like the fill-in guy. So whenever someone's sick or someone has a, a conflict, I'm kind of the guy that fills in for uh, like Ryan Leafs, the, one of the main guys on the, on the station. And then I'm like the youngster. So I'm just uh, working my way up, taking any gigs I can get. Same thing happened with Stadium as well. So they gave me like a trial run, like one segment, like here we go, make or break. And then uh, – uh, if you do well, it kind of goes from there and then everything kind of builds up uh, on itself, but it all stems back to the YouTube videos I made and uh, I actually just moved in with one of my best buds. Uh, he edited it for me, uh, helped me out big time back in that fall and that's kind of been the, the groundwork for uh, what's kind of transpired since then. 
since you've been in the broadcast game, like what's been, what's been the biggest adjustment? Cause that's not like that. That's not a field that necessarily has a playbook. There's not a lot you can learn in school. Like it's more like baptized by fire. It doesn't have a playbook and it doesn't have any coaching or managing. It's kind of, you're on, you're on your own. And, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned is, I mean, it's the number one piece of advice that, uh, I know everyone was giving me when I was trying to break in is it's just a matter of reps, just like with you guys and your podcasting, just like with me, building out a team or whatever uh you get better with the more reps you do and that is so true with broadcasting in terms of like my first episode the idea of asking a question like you always hear it but it's so much harder to actually execute it and make it sound smooth and have it flow and uh i'm still rusty i'm still choppy but i think that's the number one thing that's uh i've learned firsthand kind of getting into this is just how reps are so invaluable in terms of uh, allowing you to, to just get better at the skill, just like anything in life. If you ever need like some tape on like how not to ask a question, you could probably run back through this and pick up some. <laughs> yeah, you guys are chilling. You guys are solid. You can learn something. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a, I got kind of a random question. Like this was like one of the first questions that I just wrote down that I really wanted to ask just because you've been hired by like two of the most successful persons in the world. And now in college football, a world that you're pretty familiar with, the name image likeness has changed, completely changed the game for what guys can do with their personal brands. Say if we sent you to a college athletic program and like a D1 program and your job is to build up these kids, these athletes brands, like kids like yourself, what's the advice that you're going with? What, what are you, what are you telling them? Yeah, I think a big advice is is social media, right? I mean, that's, it's 2020. So I think that's, that's one area they can invest in. I think, uh, it, finding a way to get to the point where you can post, like just getting to the point where you're clicking posts. I think a lot of these guys, I mean, these media, those departments in college athletics, I mean, I just saw USC hired two new videographer guys, like those programs, they're investing in content production mechanisms for those guys. So I would lean on, on that department to, Hey, even if you're an offensive lineman, like find a way to just get your voice out there, a thought on something, a picture on something, because there's so many fans that are eating it up and it's so important, especially when you're in it. And like I was saying, that's an opportunity I missed out on is I didn't invest while I was in it. I'm investing kind of post, but uh, it would have been, uh, would have been nice back in the day. But I think there's that finding a way to kind of just grow with the different social channels. But another thing is find a way to get creative. And that's anytime I'm on uh, segments for college football, I think people are underestimating the revenue streams that are possible with college athletics. I mean, everyone always points to, uh, in the world I'm in, like Juju Smith-Schuster, like, all right, you're going to pay Juju Smith-Schuster. You're going to pay Sam Darnold. You're going to pay Keaton Slovis at USC. But what about the cornerback? What about the right tackle? And I think guys are going to get creative. I think I, I played with a guy who uh, made beats for rappers, and he would have made a, a good chunk of money. I mean, maybe not like a full-time income, but thousands of dollars, which is, I mean, for college kids, that's a big deal. And so I think there's that. There's random hobbies you get paid for. I think uh, goofy stuff, like – the, the campus bar, like, would they, would they throw you 50 bucks a night to just roll up, like, I mean, get people excited, stuff like that. I think the guy with a big personality, I mean, if I had a kid who's seven years old and a big USC football fan, I'd pay the USC football players to come to my house and, like, sh- show face for 20 seconds for at a birthday party. Like, that'd be so dope. Uh, so I think there's going to be other unique income opportunities that come about and sure that's a little unique to USC because those profile those players are a little bit more high profile even though there are other uh opportunities I think God, the point I'm trying to make is I think people are going to get creative with it and I uh I I know some people are like oh it's only going to impact the top one percent 
I don't think it's a hundred percent, but I think it's more than just the top 1%. For sure. Blake Lawrence, like the guy we had on yesterday, he said the exact same thing. So that tail is way longer than anybody is really anticipating. Exactly. Uh, Another one there is like all those kids, uh, they could throw a camp, have someone help them throw a camp at their hometown. You pay kid or kid pays 50 bucks for a day. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's not money that's going to break the bank, but it's money that, uh, especially college kids will notice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so I want to take it back to your first Instagram post. Uh, I want, I want you to break it down because, because I, I'm still like breaking it down right now. It looks like you're coming out of your high school locker room and Russell Wilson is holding a trophy looking to surprise you. That's, it's funny. Cause when usually like I've heard that tactic before, like bringing up old Instagram posts, I thought you're going to bring up something embarrassing. I'm glad that was my first Instagram. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that was a dope day that was uh i'm pretty this is i, I don't i'm usually not a dates guy I'm, that was december 19th 2012 i remember that uh that was the day i won the uh, gatorade national player of the year uh like that's yeah the the, the, the the top dog and that was uh after russell's that's like mid russell's uh rookie year and so basically gatorade had russell come out and they surprised me at my high school so i, I was literally in class I remember my girlfriend at the time was like being all in hindsight was like being all weird that morning. It's like my girlfriend, my friends, uh, they were all in on it. I remember my parents asked me the night before, like, Oh, what are you going to wear to school? Like make sure I looked, uh, looked the part or the, wore the skyline uh, football t-shirt. But I remember, uh, yeah, they called me down to the, called me down to the office. Uh, and I thought I was like going to the principal's office or like talking to someone like, I don't know. I, I knew I wasn't in trouble, but I knew something was up. And then they, uh, my uh, football coach like brought me into that room and my friends and family and a bunch of like cameras and stuff were uh, just posted up there and uh, I walk in. And so that shock is like me opening the door. That's just like a classroom. That's me opening the door to being like, what the heck? And everyone being like surprised. And it was like my 20, like my best buds. And then uh, I took like two steps into the door and then I looked to my left and like Russell Wilson's right there with this trophy. And I have no idea what's going on. Like I, I knew the award existed, but it, it wasn't on my radar and uh, it was wild. I mean, I was completely shocked. Hearts pounding. Uh, but that was super dope and uh, an award. Uh, I don't have it on me right now. But my parents have it uh, at their home. That was a uh, that was a special day for sure. That's unreal. That's an incredible yeah, that story. Was, that was a that was a sick moment. And then. Yeah, they take you out to dinner. Like I was uh, on red carpet at the ESPYS like six months later. That was uh, it. Was dope for sure. I, this was my last. This is my last question, and it's just. I would just do it again, our extensive research department. But there was a quote that I found that just said, Max had a bunch of slow 5'9 receivers and he kept winning state championships. So, like, do you have that? Do you have that on a plaque? Or do we get that on a plaque for you? Because that's, like, just an unreal quote. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, and if you scroll into the comments, like, all my 5'9 receivers, like, posted comments right there. I mean, (laughs) my best buds today. Yeah, Nick Spondario, Matt Sinatra, Trevor Barney. Yeah, those are my guys. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, uh, those – they were dope. But we had some cooking up there in in Washington and won a bunch of state titles, uh, which was awesome. Absolutely. Did they send some emails after that article? Like, hey, uh, if you could check this tape out in this 40 time. Um. Yeah. yeah. No, they uh, – well, the, the guy who wrote that or the guy who's being quoted there, he's a good dude, uh, Brandon Huffman. He's like the West Coast recruiting guy for Rivals. Uh, and my – one of the 5'9 guys who actually 
like went to Eastern Washington and had a good college, uh, good college career. He kind of chirped back at him and was like, what the hell, man? Like, uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta give us some love. Cause like they were good. They were, I mean, they were really good high school football players, but looking back, it's like, all right, yeah, it's a bunch of uh, five, nine white dudes that were uh, just moss and kids. <laughs> That's awesome. What, uh, what, what can we expect from Max Brown in the, in the next five, 10 years? Next five to 10 years. Um, the North star with the broadcast on the broadcasting front is calling big time college football games. So hopefully we can have a season this fall so I can keep chipping away at that. Uh, but then yeah, keep diving into this is where I need to be better. I need to be more consistent with the YouTube channel and get back into that. So hopefully I can uh, get legs there, but we'll see. I mean, business wise, I don't know exactly what, uh, what's in store. I like my current job. Uh, I don't think social media is slowing down whatsoever. So I'm sure I'll always have a leg in there, but I think, uh, Oftentimes, I think from afar, people always feel like I have it figured out and I have a plan because I'm kind of a plan guy, but I have no idea. We'll see. I think uh, taking it day by day, but trying to just uh, surround myself with good people and, and try to make the most of every opportunity. Love it. So we're, uh, we're terrible at ending podcasts. Um, what we've started <laughs> doing to get around that is we do a lightning round at the end. Uh, love, it, love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> Jeff, are you ready? I'm, it's, it's not in the folder. We're having technical not, difficulties. Oh, no. I'll shoot it to you. Cool. Directly. This is the content just like people a, love. I like 10, 15 second, like quick hitter response. Yeah, just quick. Oh, yeah. yeah, like quick as possible. 11 takes, but uh, this. Ooh, but this 11 re- takes. Love that. <laughs> you got to give me permission. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a nightmare. <laughs> We'll cut uh, this. You, you, or we you can keep it. It's pretty authentic. Uh, yeah. I, I right. feel like... Man, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. You're in. There we go, people. <laughs> Anyone who's listened this far into the show knows knows what they're dealing with. All right. Awesome. Uh, All right. Lightning round. Are you starting or me? Uh, I don't care. I'll kick it off. Okay. The person you'd most want to sit de- down to dinner with? LeBron James. Favorite city in the world? Sammamish, Washington. Is it okay to sleep with socks on? No, that's weird. Too much sweat, too much grime. Take your socks off. What's your Hogwarts house? Like if you were Hogwarts to go house? Hogwarts Um, I'll go Hufflepuff only because Slytherin's kind of sketchy and Gryffindor's too mainstream. So I'll, uh, I'll take Hufflepuff and, uh, and, uh, bring him, bring him to the promised land. Favorite rom-com? Um, I just watched, uh, he's just not that into you. It's a good flick. Ooh, another oh. hidden one. John Tucker must die. Good, good, oh. good flick. Dirty little secret. Absolute baller. That might be my, might be my favorite baller. answer. He, he puts up 35 and 10 in his sleep. Front flip dunks in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield? Jared Goff. <laughs> Finish this sentence. That's my guy. I will host college game day in 2030 with... <laughs> Um, I will say I'm doing a thing now with Malik Zaire, the former Notre Dame, Florida quarterback. We're like, we're both kind of like the 25 year old up and comer, like trying to make our way type guys. So I'll give him some love and he's a good dude. Love it. Awesome. Well, Max, thanks so much for coming on. Man. Where can uh, our listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at Max Brown. Brown has an E at the end on Twitter at Max Brown four. Uh, and then LinkedIn, you always, always, I, I'm, I dabble with LinkedIn here and there, but uh, Instagram and Twitter are the, are the two main spots. 
Awesome, man. We appreciate you coming on. And YouTube channel. Check the YouTube channel if you're a football junkie. Yeah, YouTube. What's the, what's the channel? I think I have uh, just Max Brown. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Dope. Thanks, man.